Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to try to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose. Our guest today is one I've been pretty excited for. I've followed him for a long time. He is, I believe, a first form affiliate. His name is Jonathan with Redbeard Outdoors. Jonathan, how are you doing this evening? Doing fantastic, man. Doing really good. We finally got up in the twenties today, so it's been in the teens oh, for the wow. last couple of days. So we we it, I almost didn't wear a jacket today. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, believe it or not, uh, in the state of Texas, it has actually been somewhat similar. Um, we've had, I think, let's see. We get like negative wind chills here, mm. um, and that's just kind of wild. Uh, occasionally, we'll have like a negative eighteen wind chill, um, wow. or like or flat. feels yeah feels yeah. like negative eighteen. Um, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and yeah, Amarillo is pretty known for the wind. Lubbock gets all the credit, but Amarillo is crazy with wind. Um, but yeah, it's it's been cold here to say the least. Um, and lo- the lower part of Texas is just having a fit, like. Um, I'm sure you've seen some of the memes, but anytime I used to live down in Stephenville and, uh, anytime any ice or inclement weather at all comes up, everything mm-hmm. shuts down, like oh, everything yeah. shuts down. So, um, oh, but that. that's cool, man. What'd you say? I said, I hear that. I, uh, you know, coming from North Carolina where I'm originally from, oh, yeah. um, it's, uh, it's the same thing. Like we get even a sprinkling of snow and school was closed down, you know, so I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's justifiable because they have no infrastructure to deal with it. Right. Um, and it's all of three days out of the week or out of the, out of the week, out of the year. Um, it's three days out of the year. They have no infrastructure to deal with any of it. In Amarillo, we have the infrastructure because every once in a while, you know, like twice a year, we'll get some heavy, some heavy precipitation in it. And so they, they've got the snow plows and, all the stuff to do with it in Amarillo and it's flat and it's not that big of a deal, but down there it's just easier to tell everybody to stay at home for a day because <laughs> exactly. in two days, in two days it's going to be 65 degrees and nobody's going to care anymore. So we're fine. Um, exactly. But no, that's cool, man. I, I've wondered how the cold is up there. I've got an uncle in Cody, Wyoming um, mm. that used to live here. And he says that it's just too, like it's, it's incomparable because we've got the dry, the dry cold. Um, and he would rather be up there in negative 40 than like here in 10 degrees, um, for some reason. Mm-hmm. So that humidity uh, but, gets you, man. Yeah. Um, but anyway, man, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get to it. What is your purpose? Yeah. So my main purpose, if you had to wrap it up into one sentence is to help people live happier, healthier, more successful lives. And really the way that I go about that through my podcast, through my post. Uh, just sharing things that I'm personally passionate about and uh, things that, you know, people want, I, I guess, to see uh, is more of a personal aspect of life. And so, um, you know, I don't do a lot of filters. I definitely don't have a camera like I just have my iPhone um, and I just mm-hmm. kind of film stuff that I like to do. I share it with people and I try and show people it's not that hard to get outside, uh, even if it is cold like today. My kids went out with me on my 45 minute walk that I did for the 75 hard. Um, and, and it's super easy and just having that time outside yeah. and dedicated to movement is super important. 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I really like that. And uh, one of my best friends, his name is Sam Pearson. Um, he has a he has a purpose uh, eerily similar to that uh, as far as getting people outside and and helping them realize their their true nature by connecting to nature. And uh, it's just so awesome, man. And that's that's what attracted me to you is uh, I started to get into bow hunting, and uh, I think you were recommended to me. Um, you got a decent following on on Instagram, and you were recommended to me. Uh, I think it was probably it was kind of weird. They took my, uh, my desire to follow Andy Frazella. Um, and then my desire for bow hunting and they found the one dude that does it both. Um, <laughs> and it just converged onto you and it said, here is your dude. Um, so I've been, I've been listening and, and following along with you for, for a while. And I think it's awesome what you're doing. Um, and, uh, particularly with the, uh, the getting outside, that is one thing that I absolutely love about the live hard program is that it makes you do a workout outside every single day. Um, mm -hmm. it's so beneficial. It's just, it's, it's awesome. So, yeah, no, but. I definitely agree with that. It's, you know, there's a lot to be said about it and, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. There's some days where I take those 45 minutes and I answer messages or things like that. So I'm kind of working while I'm out there walking and I'll wear a vest or something like that and, mm -hmm. uh, and get my workout in. But there's other days, the days that I completely unplug during those 45 minutes, um, yeah. and reconnect, it's still, it's not as good as getting up in the mountains, but it's pretty close. Um, just being able to unplug, maybe even leave your phone at home, go for a walk with your spouse, with your kids, uh, and, and getting out there and, 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 you know, it just creates conversations when you're out there walking in a snowstorm people like, you know, it's snowing, right? Like I've had people say that all the time and, uh, you know, but, yeah. but at the same time, it's, it's, uh, it's super beneficial to, to get up and, and get that blood flowing and get outside. Yeah, no, it, it is kind of funny when you get out in the inclement weather and everybody's looking at you like you're an idiot and particularly, particularly the ones that don't really, how do I put this in the best way possible? Um, they have not yet seen the benefits that, unmitigated daily discipline will have in their life. Um, that's probably the nicest way I can put it. And they're like, that's dumb. And you're like, well, okay. You, <laughs> you know, they're but, lazy. They're lazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said it in yeah. a nice way. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah. Um, they are. Yeah. And, and a lot of them isn't. Yeah. So like, for example, we had that, that negative 18 degree wind chill day that I was telling you about earlier. And, uh, that I went out and, uh, rucked, um, that day. And the only reason I did it, I wasn't even on program for that. I hadn't started phase three yet. Um, I would just, I said, I'm going to go do it. Uh, because every, yep. yeah, well, like every single person was like, I'm not going outside. I'm not going outside. I'm like, you know what? No, like, uh, I actually had not been very disciplined because I was in between phases and, um, the holidays and all that stuff. And so, mm -hmm. uh, I was like, no, uh, this is the day, this, this is the day of reckoning. This is the day I'm going to go do it. And, uh, man, it was, it was insane. Like, uh, luckily, luckily I learned how to layer, which you're a hunter, so you probably know, but, uh, that was the day that I found out that, um, layering is probably the most important piece of getting outside, um, that you can learn. Like if you learn nothing, learn how to layer and, and carry mm -hmm. water. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, Layering is definitely uh, important, especially if you're rucking, you start sweating a little yeah. bit, you need to be able to strip some layers so you're not freezing at the end of it. You know, there's a lot to it. 
Yeah, well, and, and trusting your layering too, that it's going to like the, the sweat wicking, uh, things like that. Uh, cause we actually went out and this is, <laughs> this is super deep and kind of nerdy hiking stuff, uh, for a podcast about purpose. But, uh, <laughs> we were out on a, on a two mile hike, uh, that was really rocky on a cliff wall. And, mm. uh, I had layered and I thought I kind of layered wrong. Like it was going to be too hot. Cause I had like 20 mm. pounds in my pack. We were rabbit hunting and, uh, we get there and, uh, I was like, oh man, like I'm going to be way too hot, way too hot. And then because I layered right and I picked the right, you know, synthetic, um, synthetic base layer, synthetic insulating layer. Cause I don't have wool, but, uh, mm-hmm. ain't got wool money yet, but, um, <laughs> synthetic base layer, synthetic insulating, and then a nice, uh, weather layer on top of that because I picked it right. Uh, eventually when we got stopped and the sun actually came out, the breeze started, um, and it chilled me right back down. Uh, mm. and luckily I didn't strip my layer off. I trusted my layering, even though I was a little hot, I trusted it and, uh, it worked like a charm. And so, That's awesome. um, yeah, su- super in-depth topic that we can, I, dude, I can talk on. gear all day, man. I really could. And I, I'm yeah. currently figuring out my layering system with, with Cryptech right now, but, uh, um, cause I'm, I'm fairly new to their layering system, but, um, they've got some yeah. great pieces of gear and, and there's a lot of good companies out there that, that put out some good stuff, but yeah, definitely layering is, is key if you're getting outdoors for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's go. Uh, I, I typically do some rapid fire questions. You and I have already kind of developed a, a little relationship now, but I typically do rapid fire questions to kind of help ease that go along. And the people demand them. If I don't give them rapid fire questions, <laughs> it's not good for me or anybody else. So, um, what is, what is your favorite day of the week? Monday. Monday. That's super yeah. hardcore. I love it. Every time yeah, somebody gives I, me a Monday, I love that shit. You know, it's funny because I was talking with someone the other day. They posted about Monday being the best day of the week or whatever, and I just commented on it uh, or wrote them a message about it. And, uh, you know, it's not very common, but honestly, like, I, I really do. I enjoy my Sundays. I absolutely love my Sundays because those have always been my family days. But as far as, like, the purpose-driven, right – uh, yeah. you know, Mondays are my, my go-tos. I love Mondays. That's awesome, dude. Um, yeah, I, I'm coming to, to like them a little bit more. We have our morning meetings at work on Monday. Um, and it's always just kind of fun to, to walk in and I like being the only positive one on a Monday. Mm. That's, that's what I enjoy. I don't know. It'll be a long time before it's my favorite day, but I love being the only one that's positive on a Monday. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of, well, and the cool. thing is too, like what I've recognized is, uh, you know, I've set it up pretty much that the only day that I notice really a difference in my life is Sunday because yeah. that's my family day. So I, I try and stay off social media as much as I can. I try and not work on the podcast. Uh, my nine to five, I don't work that on Sundays, but like most of the time, like I don't even remember what day of the week it is, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and then that Sunday hits and I'm like, okay, it's, you know, family day. And then Monday, I get right back, right back in the grind. Boom. And you're just, you're just right in it. So that's why I say Monday is my favorite. Cause it's just kind of that reset of getting right back into it. And, uh, and, and having those prospects of like the goals that I've got, like I've got a vision board right here, up here by my desk that I look at every day. Um, I update it frequently. Whenever I hit a goal, I take that one down and put another one up. Um, but I love being able to just to, to have that there to sit down on Mondays early in the morning before I go to the gym and just, uh, just kind of get my week started back up again. It's, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually have a, uh, a vision board at my desk as well. I need to update it a little bit better. Um, 
because I'm, uh, I'm big on visualization. I'm sure you are too. After doing, I don't know what phase you're in or if you've done the whole live hard, but I just started after back one, over. I'm on 75 hard. You, so you have done live hard. Yep. I've done live hard twice and 75 awesome. hard. This will be my fourth time through it. So yeah, that's awesome. So you, you know, all the benefits, um, after phase one, um, which it, we can talk about this later, but it's kind of confusing in phase three. They don't actually mention visualization. Um, mm -hmm. like visualization in the app isn't required in, mm -hmm. in phase three, which is kind of odd. And we can talk about that. But anyway, after phase one, the benefits were just so clear, um, of visualization. And I've got a coach, uh, Nick Shelton who coaches CrossFit. He's been on the podcast a couple of times, but he's really, really big on visualization. And, uh, it's just such a tool. Tell me a little bit about how visualization and that vision board has helped you, um, achieve your goals. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, the, the vision board is just, you know, I didn't have one until this last year. Uh, it's something that, that I, I heard Andy talk about and I was kind of trying to piece it together and I probably should have made a bigger one, but that size just fit perfectly in that little space that I had right there on the wall. And, um, mm -hmm. and actually putting pictures up of, of actual things. And some people might say, well, that's pretty materialistic, but it's not that you're aiming for that thing. It's that thing represents something for me. So for example, <clears throat> excuse me, on, on one of my pictures, it's, it's my family. It's one of our family portraits. Everyone's smiling. That's not a normal day, right? We're always, there's right. always some kind of, you do your homework, do the chores, blah, blah, blah. And so having that vision up there of me kissing my wife, all the kids smiling and actually happy being together. Um, that's something that I aim for. Right. And so having that up there, I've got elk up there. I've got red stag up there. I've got the the quote, if it was easy, everyone would do it. That's on my phone. That's my lock screen. Um, you know, I've got uh, the land that I want to have. I've got a home gym build. It, this one happens to be Cam Haynes's, but um, you know, just things like that, that allow me to, cause I'm not really good at picturing things in my mind. Um, I'm mm -hmm. not good at like seeing something when someone's like, well, picture this. I'm like, I, I need to look it up because I, I can't like but yeah, once I yeah. have an idea, then I know what to aim for. Like my home gym isn't going to be cam hinges. I don't want um, I don't want animals all in my gym like that. For me, that's not me. But I love the idea of the way it's set up, the equipment he's got. And that's something that I'm aiming for. So, you know, probably like 90 percent of what what that is. So anyway, that's kind of how I treat my vision board is it's uh, it, it allows me to actually see what I'm wanting to accomplish. It's not going to look like that picture exactly, but it's going to be pretty darn close because that's, that's what I want. That's awesome, man. No, that's a, uh, that's really good. And, and I agree with you. I, uh, I'm a little bit in the other way that I, I visualize things super easy. And so the, um, not to like pump my own tires as Montana Knox says, but it's just, it's just different that, uh, I can visualize those things super easy. And so what I do is I keep a, uh, I keep a vision board to keep me focused, um, on what I am visualizing because it's, it's easy enough for me to get distracted because I can bring up images and stuff in my head that I'll, I'll start a visualization session. And then two minutes in, I'm like, how in the hell did I get here? Like how, like mm -hmm. how did we end up here? And so I'll, I'll open my eyes, look at my vision board and get back focused on what, exactly. um, what I actually want to be visualizing on. Um, and so kind of so many things it has into my head when, when I, when I was doing, or when you do the five minutes, 10 minutes of visualization, you know, I'll sit there, I'll close mm -hmm. my eyes and I have to turn on some kind of meditation app because otherwise my brain will go like, I'll hear the kids screaming or 
something will take me off track and, yeah. and I have to reel myself back in. Um, so yeah, I, I, I totally understand that hundred percent. It's hard to turn your brain off. And then of, of course too, like something else that I do that I may seem like I'm on my phone a lot, but like if something pops into my head, I'll, I have to put it down. I put it in a note or I put it in a reminder because I'm like, I don't want to forget that. So like, if I'm in, if I'm two minutes into my 10 minute visualization session and I'm like, I, I told myself no phones, I'm like, crap, like <laughs> I need to not forget that, you know? And it, yeah. That, that kind of yeah. stuff goes through my head too. Yeah, no, that's, that's really helpful. I do uh, something that I found that is really cool. Have you heard of Tyler Childers? Yeah. Um, so he's got his, uh, instrumental it's called, I think it's called long violent history, which the, the politics surrounding his, uh, his venture are not very solid, but, um, the, the instrument, the the instrumental songs that are in it are really, really good. And I love, I I found out that through visualization that I love that no vocal, uh, fiddling Mm -hmm. for me to, uh, to really sit down and, and get into my head. I have to have it at a pretty low volume. Otherwise I start to, I was, I was a percussionist. So otherwise I'll start to get the melody and, and then yeah. that's not good. But, um, I found that putting that at a really low volume, um, really helps me get into my head and, uh, and to really visualize and to get deep because I visualize, um, I visualize in my truck before work, which is kind of a heart because we've got a highway right there. And uh, when some dude hits his Jake right, you know, right behind me, it, it gets kind of hard. Um, but it, it gets me set to and this is something I want to talk with you about because you've got a nine to five with with bigger other goals. So I want to get into this, but uh, I like visualizing in my truck right before work because it's still dark. Um, I put mm-hmm. something over my eyes. I uh, turn my my fiddle and music on and uh get in there and it helps me understand that like i'm doing this job i'm not extremely enthused about for these reasons mm-hmm. you know what yep. i mean like this is why i'm doing it and i like to do it at the beginning of the day relatively i mean i'm up at 4 30 and don't get to visualize until 6 45 7 ish but i like to do it at the beginning of the day uh because it, it sets the tone for the rest of the day and it's mm-hmm. what i'm going to be doing it, it, it's the reason that i'm doing all of this you know do you identify exactly. with that a little bit? Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, that's that's it's funny that your question of what's your favorite day of the week has turned into this discussion. But oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah no, hey, I, we are here, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I uh, yeah, I, I can totally relate with you one hundred percent with what you're saying. It's um, you know, there's means to an end. Like I had this discussion with my middle son today, where uh, he try he was trying to put blame on a few things like. Um, he's got severe ADHD. So I get the fact that he squirrels a lot, you know, that's what we call it is squirreling, you know, when you're like, Oh crap. And he gets distracted. Um, yeah, but there was just a couple things that he had said that he was, he, he was kind of pointing the blame elsewhere. And I, I, I listened to him and then I kind of sat back and he's, he's 16. He just barely turned 16. And, and, uh, I was like, look, I'm, I'm calling your, well, I don't know how you care about swearing on here, but I, I swear, please go and, ahead. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm calling your bullshit because that's not, that's not yeah. how it is. I said, I need you to be honest with me and tell me what's going on with school. And then he finally just said, mm-hmm. you know, he talked about how he didn't feel motivated. I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you through my years in college. And even before that, I don't know anyone that was really motivated to do anything with school. Like no one wants or feels motivated to yeah. 
do the work. Like you feel motivated because you get to go see your friends or you feel motivated because whatever, you know, outside of the schoolwork. But I don't know anyone that's actually motivated by the schoolwork itself. And so we talked about yeah. the difference between motivation and uh, motivation and discipline. And then from discipline, you move on to habits and systems. And so uh, like he had gotten up. So just kind of a, a brief thing here. Uh, we've got the hunt expo tomorrow. And so yeah. I'm, I'm going to be there all four days. I'm helping wild arrow out with their booth. I've got some podcasting to do. I've got a bunch of stuff that I'm doing. So I had to take my five day nine to five work week, cram it into three days. And then on right. top of that, my six days worth of stuff for Redbeard outdoors, podcasting, all that, I had to cram that also into three days. And so, yeah. um, so that I could focus solely on knocking out 75 hard and the expo for the next four days. And so last night I was up at like, oh, I want to say it was one or one thirty, and he gets up sometimes in the middle of the night to get water or something. He came upstairs and he kind of poked his head in the office. He was like, he's like, dad, what are you doing? And I said, I, I have to record this and I have to do this for, you know, because I need to have it ready for Saturday and Monday. Cause that's the precedent that I've said I'm consistent. Right. And so yeah. I have to do this. And anyway, that came back up today. It was a great example that he saw me leading by example. Right. Cause I didn't want to be up. I mm -hmm. wanted to be in bed with my wife at nine o'clock. Not at yeah. two o'clock in the morning. I wanted to be four hours right. earlier. I wanted to be in bed. And I brought that up to him just saying, look, I wasn't motivated to be up. I'm not, I'm not doing this for money. I don't really have, but what I am doing is I know that there are people out there that are relying on me. And I have said that I've, I'm not good at many things, but I'm consistent. And so if I've set the precedent right. that I'm going to have one out every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, I'm going to have a podcast out then. I need to have these reels and posts ready so that I can help Wild Arrow and be present there and then have the social media stuff running in the background already preset and ready to go. Um, I said, I'm not motivated to be up at two in the morning doing this stuff. It's not fun. But I was disciplined and I had my system set up so that I knew what I needed to get done. And I just had to take those extra hours away from my sleep because I had to, again, squish six days worth of work from two different gigs into three days. So, um, that was, it, it's cool to be able to pull from my own example with my son or my children in general, being able to say, look, you saw me yeah. doing this. I wasn't expecting you to get up at one in the morning and see me doing this, but now I've got a prime example of when we talk about your homework, I'm living what I'm telling you. I'm not just telling you to get over it. Like I get over it. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. so you have to be a little disciplined anyway. Um, so that, that's just, that was just an example that just happened today. It just popped in my mind, but, but yeah. No, that, that's awesome, man. And I, uh, yeah, I've got, I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time writing some things down cause I've got direct, there's multiple directions I want to go with that. Um, because I've got a, uh, brother who they told had, they told him he had ADHD um, and who the hell knows he probably does, but, uh, I want to talk about that here in a second. So I'm going to write that down. Yeah. But, uh, no, and, and, and in my yeah. unprofessional opinion, um, I think most of us have some form of it. I mean, you know, if you look yeah. at the statistics on reels and why they do so well, the ones that do well are less than 10 seconds. Why? Because that's about seven to 10 seconds is our attention span at this point. 
If you don't grab yeah. them within that time frame, they're they're gone. Their attention's gone. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's crazy, but there is some science behind it. And again, I'm not a professional, but um, you know, I, I feel like everyone to some degree has a form of ADD, uh, especially in this technological age when you can literally click and be on a, a different portion of the world on Google in two seconds and do something else. Like I, I oh, just, yeah. I feel like everyone's got some form of ADD to a, to a certain degree. Yeah. Oh, I, str- I struggle with it hard. Not like I was never diagnosed. I was always really good in school. Um, but my desire, my desire for excellence trumps my ADD, um, on good days <laughs> to say, to say the least right. on, on bad yeah. days, it, it doesn't do very well. But, uh, mm-hmm. my desire to just be excellent trumps my ADHD at times. And I think that sometimes the, the real cure for that ADHD is that, desire to be excellent or the discipline to do the things like you're talking about, um, the discipline to do the things that you need to do. And what really doesn't help is, uh, the fact that this is, um, my tinfoil hat on, uh, <laughs> the education system is absolutely designed, uh, in 100% opposite, uh, in 100% opposition to anything that a young boy needs. Um, mm. women do great in the private school, public school system, Um, it's not exactly great. No public education is good for anybody, you know, at this point, but, uh, Mm -hmm. it's designed to, that women do really well at it and they succeed very well, um, in public education, not young boys. Um, and it's part of the reason that I'm doing the thing that I'm doing here now, um, is to kind of give them some sort of resources to develop that desire for excellence and, um, the discipline that they need to overcome, uh, to overcome what we've been trying to medicate for the past 30, 40 years or whatever it is. I don't know how long they've been, I don't know how long Riddle has been out longer than I've been alive. Um, reckless Kelly was singing about it in the early 2000s. So, um, (laughs) but, um, yeah, it just sucks that it's, it's been so stacked against them. And I don't know if you've heard of, I, I feel like you're probably a guy that has, frequented uh the order of man podcast oh yeah um but yeah, they had ryan every once in a while do you that's that's really cool um i really admire ryan and uh and what he's doing but i found the uh the boy crisis through him mm-hmm. um and i've been reading that and i don't know if you've got that book but um holy shit is it an eye-opener um and yeah, what's weird one. is it's yeah what's weird is it's almost like a jordan peterson type character to where it's it's not somebody who their politics weren't exactly in the position that like the fact that they're writing, this is kind of an anomaly. You know what I mean? Like um, the fact that Jordan Peterson ended up in the position that he was in is a little odd. You know what I mean? Being Canadian and in academia and stuff like that. It's kind of the same way for um, the authors of the boy crisis to where they're like super hardcore feminists until one day it kind of clicked that, Hey, um, the same thing is happening to young men and nobody's realizing Mm -hmm. it. Um, and that book was just an eye opener. Um, especially I, I plan to, uh, hopefully I, I've already got it. Um, but hopefully when I have a boy, if I do, I, I really want to lean heavily on that, but I hope to buy it for all of my friends that start having, uh, young men. Um, because it really is just a textbook of all the shit that can go wrong if you don't do your job well as a father. So, oh, yeah. Another one too. This is the one I'm reading right now. Masculinity, masculinity manifesto, manifesto. 
So uh, I'm about, I'm almost done with it. But uh, like, I like sovereignty, but the masculinity manifestos at that one's awesome. Um, Is it good? Yeah, it's, you know, it's a, it's interesting because I, I don't know, like, I feel like there's a lot of things that are being pushed that if you don't pay attention to the news, which I don't watch the news, um, it, it doesn't really, I don't know. I don't want to say it doesn't really matter, but the way I am isn't yeah. different now than it was. Uh, okay. I can't say that. I, I am different now than I was five years ago, obviously, but um, I don't treat people differently. I just, I was raised in the South. Um, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Hold the door for people. Um, and and just things along those lines where you're respectful to people, even if they disagree with you. Um, you know, even if you guys are on opposite ends of whatever spectrum you want to be on, uh, you know, you're, you're still able to have a conversation and be respectful and just understand that you can agree to disagree on certain things. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's the beauty of, well, of this country, first of all, like the fact that you can go from Florida up to Washington and experience a whole different culture and even yeah. some different words that they use in the English language. Um, you know, it's it's amazing to me that we have this diversity. And I think that should be celebrated and understood that, you know, you're just you're different than everyone else. And I don't want to be like anyone else. You know, I I embraced at a young age being a ginger. You know, at first it was something that you got picked <laughs> yeah. on for. Um, I'm also LDS, so Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. People may know them as Mormons. Um, so I was very different in my high school. I was one of two Mormons in my entire high school, so that was one of my nicknames was Mormon. Um, and then when South Park came out with all their stuff, you know, about gingers and Mormons, like I got it from both sides. Do I read a Bible out of a top hat? Do I shave my horns down? Do I, you know, like, do I have Sorry. a soul? Uh, no, it's funny. It's funny. Like, but I didn't understand that because I didn't watch South Park. So, like, I had to roll with the punches a little bit and understand that <laughs> yeah. it was in jest and it, they weren't being serious. And so, like, now I've embraced it, dude. And I go hardcore. Like, we're creating a, a reel right now, which is pretty funny. It'll come out here pretty soon. But uh, between me and and uh, a, a buddy of mine who is, um, he's paralyzed from the waist down and he's black. <laughs> yeah. So he's got, there's plenty of jokes there, right? That he brings up to us. And, and he, and so he like picks on me for being a ginger. And anyway, so we're back and forth. So anyway, there's something we're going to put out. That's definitely not PC, but it's freaking hilarious. And so, but it's just one of those things that for me, like when you can embrace the weirdness that you have, which I know I'm weird, I'm different um, and laugh about it. Like it just makes the situation so much better. I feel like it makes society better. And like, same thing I, I teach my kids. I'm like, I'm like, don't be a pansy. Like, I know that's not the cool thing yeah. to say, but you know, don't be, if you want, if you can't take a joke, don't dish a joke. But if you want to yeah. dish jokes out, then you better be able to take it. Cause I'm pretty darn witty. So, um, <laughs> anyway, that's just yep. stuff like that is, isn't the mainstream, but that's how I choose to raise my kids in my home. And, and that's what I feel like it all kind of boils down to, you know, going back to your, the purpose podcast is, you know, as a, as a dad, you know, mm-hmm. I am the patriarch of the home. I, I walk side by side with my wife, but when it comes to real hard things, everyone looks to me and, yeah. and that's what Ryan Mickler talks about too, as well. And Andy Frisella, you know, 
you you need men to be men. Um, you know, Jordan Peterson as well. You want to be what he says in one of my favorite quotes by him. I might mess mess it up a little bit, but where he's like, you want men, you want a man that can be a monster mm-hmm. and then learn how to control it. And yep. so that in those moments where you need to be a little bit more aggressive, when you need to defend your family, when you need to go out and find a second job because your first job isn't providing well enough, uh, whatever it may be, you know, that's what manliness is. It's not being a jerk to women. It's not being puffed up with your chest and all this stuff. Um, it's, it's simply being a protector, provider, and presider. Whatever that looks like for you and your family is going to look like a little bit different than mine. but that's the main role that we have, you know, as men. And so right. I take that very seriously in my home and I surround myself with, with men that, that do the same thing in theirs. No, that's, that that's awesome, man. And, uh, I had somewhere I was going to, uh, Oh, so you, you had mentioned, and this is just out of curiosity for me. Um, number one, I liked your, I liked your, Let's start with this. I, I liked your comment about being able to take a joke and to um, give out jokes. I think it's so underrated. Um, I, too, have the token black friend. He's not paralyzed from the waist down because if he was, he probably wouldn't be my friend anymore because that is just a gold mine of jokes. Um, but um, no, I, I have a, a black friend that um, we both take jokes really well. And it's it's just super critical to be able to get along in society, um, especially as men. Uh, to be able to understand humor and uh, to know that like to be confident, what it really boils down to is to be confident enough in yourself to be able to take a joke um, mm. and to deliver one back and understand that Jocko talks about this, that within every joke is a hint of reality. Um, and the ability to take a joke is the ability to understand reality, um, comprehend irony uh, and be able to, be confident in, enough in yourself that uh, you'll take that hit and keep moving and get better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that, that it is funny. And so yeah. I do think that's really important. Put a pin in that. Talking about, and I think that is one of the attributes of, this is going to get really not politically correct, but I think that is one of the attributes of masculinity. Um, one of the reasons why men are typically funnier and can make funnier jokes is because I think that is one of the attributes of masculinity um wow i'm gonna get kicked off the internet after this but uh, <laughs> uh that well, is think one of the about t- it i mean if you if you put if you put a group of guys together in a room for 24 yeah. hours there's going to be some form of boxing wrestling even if they don't know how to do it that ends up yeah. happening and some jokes as well you know there's just there's there's going to be stuff like that whereas um it, it's definitely different if you put a group of women together, they're going to talk, they're going to talk about their emotions. They're going to talk about this and that and their situations. Whereas men, we bond more physically and kind of throwing jabs at each other, whether that be physically or emotionally, you know, just that's kind yeah. of how we, how we warm up to each other. That That's a really cool connection that I guess you just helped me make is that it, it's, it's emotional wrestling. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's emotional sparring is what the making fun of each other really is. Um, and it, it only makes each other better. That's a cool, that's why they say throwing a jab at you. That's, mm-hmm. that's interesting. That's a cool little connection, but let's, let's talk specifically about masculinity. And, you know, we had mentioned, um, 
you had mentioned, and this is just a question for me and the and the listeners. Um, you had mentioned approaching people that disagree with you with respect, and how it's cool that we can all get together and disagree. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel that you're in the world today? Do you feel that your values and that um, traditional masculinity, some things that you hold dear, are more? It's less of a difference of an opinion, and it's more of an attack on what you're on what you believe. Is that? True. Is that if not true? I took if I took everything personal as an attack, I'd be a miserable person. And I yes, feel like correct. that is where a lot of people go wrong is that they they say haters like I've got haters on the Internet. And it's funny. I just yeah. kind of do my own little thing where when people say that or they complain about being in an IG jail or whatever the frick it is that they want to complain about, I go look at their content and I'm like, Instagram doesn't care that much about you. I'm sorry. Like, you know, in my mind, (laughs) that's what I think. I'm like that, you know, and, and, and as far as haters go, like, I like to have fun with them, you know, because if I really take what they say to heart, like there was a guy, you know, there's, there's a site company that I personally, I love the guys. I work with them closely. Um, they're, they're amazing group of guys and I believe in their product. And do I think it's the perfect site right now? No, but I also see their vision of where they're taking this company and where it's going to go. And so I'm, I want to support that wholeheartedly. They don't have the decades of experience that some of these other both sites have. Um, yeah. And so, but they'll get there. Right. And so anyway, there was a guy that just made a comment that was like, uh, on, on a, a buddy of mine's video that he posted, his friend, uh, missed the target twice while they were sighting in at distance and someone just commented, Oh, it's probably cause that shit site. And I like, it wasn't out of jest. It was a, it was one of those literal like mean spirited jabs at the site. Yeah. And I'm like, you like in my mind, the first thing that goes to my head is you don't know the context. You don't know if this guy was like, if his site tape was off, if he even had a site tape, you don't know if like some, like there's so many things that go into it. And, and your first thing is the site. Like, right. So, and, and I almost took it personal because again, like I said, I've got a lot of almost emotional investment in this, in this one company because of the people I've become friends with and, and what I believe in. And instead I kind of sat back and I'm like, dude, that's a miserable person. Like if yeah. that's your comment, instead of laughing about the fact that he missed the target or his face after he missed, or, you know, like instead of that kind of stuff, your comment is it's a shit site. Like if you're that critical, like about someone's stuff, like it, it, it just, it, when I take a step back and see that, it makes me remember like that, that person is probably not in a good spot themselves. And so they're finding mm-hmm. things to criticize in other people. You know, that's something that you say at TAC or when you're shooting with your friends and like right now I'm shooting a Matthews last year or right now I'm shooting a Hoyt last year I shot a Matthews and, you know, it was a constant jab of, well, Matthews were known for not being reliable and Hoyts were known for being heavier. And like, it was constant back and forth, but that was in jest and yeah. fun back and forth between us guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, when you start putting that stuff so seriously on the internet, it's like same thing with Glock and Sig or any of the other, you know, firearms manufacturers, aero companies. Like it blows me away yeah. how people become so opinionated sports teams. I'm like, dude, <laughs> Like you don't even know anyone on the team. They're making millions of dollars and you're just watching, you're sitting there watching them and you're so invested in them. What brought that up for me was the fact that Tom Brady retired 
again. And, uh, and so like for me, yeah. (laughs) And so for me, like without a wife this time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like great, great, great move to lose (laughs) your wife, lose your wife just to go into losing the Cowboys. And like, what was the second Mm -hmm. round of the playoffs? Some time to go out and date now, I guess. But like, you know, for me, I just, for me, I just, I like, I love his story. He's got an awesome story. Um, I love his work ethic. I used to hate him because I'm a Steelers fan. And so like how many times the Patriots kept the Steelers out of the Super Bowl pissed me off. But once I learned his, his, his work ethic, like I was, I'm super impressed with what he has done. He is not a physical specimen, no matter how many women will say he is now he is. But at the time he was some scrawny little white kid that couldn't run a 40 faster than me when I was fat in high school. And, and, and he worked his way up to being what people, everyone agrees is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Mm -hmm. And, and so like that work ethic is amazing, but why are we so, why is every single post, why are we even talking about him right now? (laughs) Like, you know, because it's just, people get so wrapped up in, in what everyone else and trying to live through everyone else's lives that they Mm -hmm. forget to live their own. And that kind of goes back to my purpose is I like to share stuff on social media, trying to remind people to go out and do it yourself, go out and enjoy life. You don't have to shoot the nicest, newest bow. I have that opportunity because I've worked for that. But if you have a bow that's 15 years old and it still shoots arrows, Go do that. If you have a pair of shoes that don't have a hole in the soles of the feet, go for a walk, go spend time with your kids, you know? So like, anyway, that's kind of a big purpose for me is for, to remind people to, to, to get outside as much as possible, to get away from screens, get away from social media, um, and get, get into what they really want to do with their lives that will make them genuinely happy. Yeah. No, I, I like that a lot. And it is, it is very odd when you see, um, first of all, uh, Glock is, is not better than Sig, sir. I believe that. That's the only <laughs> exception to what the, everything that you just said, but, well, um, I'm, I'm just, in gym shorts right now, up. so I can't pull my EDC out right now, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> what do no, you EDC? I, I write Glock 43 X. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, no, Glock's Glock's really cool, and this is gonna this is going to be where I'm going with this is that the absolute destruction of nuance is really hard to see, um, and that's that's kind of what you're you were alluding to is that can we not have a nuanced conversation? Um, and it's really bad in politics because, uh, you know, I identify obviously more with the right side of the aisle, like, but because the destruction of nuance has become so prevalent, um, in our society today, uh, I can go in and I can immediately start an argument with the right side of the aisle and they will think that I'm the most leftist person they've ever met in, 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 in their life because they're incapable of nuance. Um, and it's just so crazy. Dodge Ford and Chevy, um, Super Bowl teams, like why? And you've kind of described it, but, um, let's get a little bit deeper. Um, why do people just refuse to accept any sort of nuance? Is it an identity thing? Is it that they've identified their identity with this? What, what, what makes them incapable of, of accepting nuance and, and articulating that? 
honestly, I, I feel like it's a, it's a lack of security, lack of confidence. Cause so for example, I'm, I'm wearing a Montana knife company shirt because again, I've built a relationship with those guys, Josh, uh, Jesse, they're, they're a power couple in my eyes, um, that what they've been able to do, um, and, and what they are doing is just amazing. I'm stoked to be able to see them here at the hunt expo. Um, yeah. and, and, and just other people as well, but you know, anyway, going back to that. So like, there's so many knife companies out there, you know, mm-hmm. you could name probably a thousand of them. Uh, Josh doesn't talk bad about any of them. That's awesome. And, and he respects the blade work and he's even brought up some other blades. He's shown me some stuff. And, and to me, that's awesome because he is confident in his workmanship. He knows the market that he wants to get. He knows what he has and he's done a a fantastic job with what he does and he's not insecure about it. It's the people that are, that I, and and this is, you know, as I go through and build relationships with different companies, it's something that I kind of look for, whether that be with companies or people in general, if I spend an hour with you and 30 minutes of that, is you talking bad about your neighbor or something else, I don't want to be your friend because what are you going to say about me behind my back? I didn't brush my beard good enough today. Like, like, (laughs) you know, like what, like, I don't want that in my life, you know, and I want to be confident in my friends that they'll have my back or if anything, they'll at least leave the room if someone's talking crap, you know? Uh, and and so stuff like that, that for me, I think it's a, I think it's a lack of security and lack of confidence in people is that they feel like they have to bring people down rather than Mm -hmm. realizing that they can go into it and, and build each other up. Prime example. Uh, I remember a year ago where I didn't really have any, sponsors or partners, whatever you want to call it. I could just call them partners of the show. Um, but I had a vision of what I wanted to be in five years. And, and so I just started building relationships with different companies and, uh, started testing out gear, giving feedback, blah, 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 and getting to know people. And I also got to know there's, I'll just give some shout outs here. So, uh, Stuart Holmes is an amazing photographer, SG Holmes on Instagram, uh, Joe Gabo is an awesome, he's a stud. Uh, you mentioned knock performance. He used to be Montana Knox. Um, so get uh, gig gig. I think Tyler Geiger, name. Tyler Geiger. That's what, yeah. Um, and there's, uh, Oh, and Thwack. So DNA archery, Nick Palacios, Thwack. Um, those guys, we all kind of started talking when we were, we had smaller followings, Uh, we weren't, we didn't have any partnerships. We were all just kind of talking to each other and we liked each other's content. Each of us brought something a little bit different. Um, you know, Joe does amazing videography stuff. Uh, Stuart does some fantastic photography stuff. Like we were just all kind of talking to each other and built this relationship. And now if you go back just over the last couple of days, uh, Stewart's been announcing quite a few things. He just today announced Tack Veins is an, is another partner of his that he's partnered up with. Um, Nick Palacios has Morel Targets and Go Ruck, uh, and and um, oh, what's the arrow Hidden. company? Victory Arrows. Uh, and then um, Joe Gabo, he's got a string company. He's got you know he's got a couple things on, up his sleeve as well that he's he's announced. None of us have ever looked at each other and said, man, I want that. 
you suck. I should have that spot. Each right. of us off of social media has texted when that announcement comes out. We're just like, Hey, awesome job. That's amazing work. You did totally well-deserved. Your work has paid off. Right. If I were to sit back and be like, man, that should have been me or man, why didn't they pick me or this or that or the other, I'm just going to be negative and more negative things yeah. are going to come and I'm going to be insecure. I'm going to start tearing people down. No one wants to be around you. Um, yeah. you know, and so that's what I think going back to why we can't have nuanced conversations is because people are so insecure with themselves that they're not okay showing their, uh, imperfections. And for me, I'm like, I don't care. Pick on me. I've, I've probably heard it all in my life. Uh, you know, I've yeah. been, I, I've, I've been the fat kid. I've been the pasty white kid. I've been the, the ginger, you know, I've been the Mormon. I've been, uh, the slow kid on the football team, whatever, you know, I've been in all of those things that make a young man insecure and I've learned to embrace them and either mm -hmm. just embrace them or change them, make a change. Right. And so, um, I, I think that's where it comes back to the nuanced conversations. I think people are just insecure and they look to, they look to criticize other people because of their own insecurities. And I'd, I would challenge anyone listening to this to kind of look at your own friend group and look at yourself in the mirror. And when you have conversations with people, especially in your friend group, what are you talking about? Are you talking about Tom Brady's retirement or are you talking about uh, how you wish you could do such and such? Or are you talking about what you're investing in, whether it be your time or your money, where your career's going partnerships that you've created, whatever it is that your path is, are you, are you talking about productive things or are you talking about people? And if you're, if you're mostly focused mm -hmm. on talking about people, then you need to make a change and you should probably change your friends as well. After you make your own change, obviously change yourself first, but if they're not catching on to that change, you need some new friends because you're not going to get anywhere. If you're in a bucket full of crabs, because they don't have to put a lid on a bucket full of crabs for a reason. If anyone's ever seen a bucket full of crabs, crabs that try and climb out, they get yanked right back down. Whereas if you got a yeah. bunch of ants in an open bucket, they pile on top of each other and help each other out. So, you mm -hmm. know, which one do you want to be? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I, I really like everything that you said. And, um, I will, I will be the first one to admit that, um, I focused in the past and still have a habit of focusing on people, um, in a negative light. And that is something that I've been trying to change, um, in a big way in my life. And I think I have done, um, and I know this not because I'm like, again, pumping my own tires, tires to steal, uh, Tyler's words, but because people tell me that I've changed, um, but to be more positive when talking about people. And if we are going to talk about problems with people, let's talk about how we help them find a positive solution. Um, I'm really wrapped up in, in leadership and, uh, the understanding of, of people and how they work and how they interact. And so that kind of necessitates some talking about people, but, um, I just went over, I, I just recorded before this, a podcast for my book club on meditations and, uh, the, what I ended on was how to add value to discussions. Um, I don't know if you've ever read meditations, but I, I want to say in like the second page, um, second, third page, uh, basically the idea is he says, always come to a conversation in an attempt to add value. Um, and I added on to that 
in saying that the value is not in the answers of the conversation. The value is in the questions. And so if we are going to talk about some sort of problem that somebody has, let's say your buddy won't take any help from anybody. Well, let's stop having that negative conversations, that negative conversation in a way that like, oh, I think he should do this. I think he should do that. I think he should do that. And let's start asking questions about how you can help him and asking questions of your buddy that'll help him get better and grow and develop. You know what I'm saying? Am am I making any sense? Oh, yeah. And so I I was just going to say there's a quote, and I think it was either might have been Joe Rogan or Joe Rogan might have quoted someone, but basically the quality of your life is based on the quality of questions you ask. And, and so, you know, instead of there's a reason, you know, everyone uses the analogy of you're given two ears and one mouth, listen twice as much as you speak. Um, and Mm -hmm. I, I would agree with that. And that's why I started the podcast was because I wanted to talk to people and learn from people. So I get to ask little questions here and there, and those people can go off and teach me a crap ton of stuff. And I just asked one question or two questions. I get better at asking questions, you know, instead of, um, again, the, the quality of those questions are, is it, do you ask your kid, how was your day? Which I'm still guilty of that. And how was your day? Or do you say, Hey, at recess, what game did you play? There's a little bit of a difference mm-hmm. there, right? There's more detail. There's you a huge actually difference. show that you, yeah. yeah, you genuinely care about what they have to say rather than just the normal, oh, how was your day? You're actually like, I know you went to recess today. Or you're like, oh, it was really cold today. Did they let you go to recess? No. Oh, okay. Well, what did you do instead of going outside? And it, it sparks that conversation rather. And I've kind of tested it recently with my kids. I'm like, if I ask them, what was your favorite part of today? You know, that helps a little bit more than just, how was your day? Um, it helps spark a little bit yeah. more of a conversation than just asking how, if you ask, how was your day? They're gonna be like, eh, it was okay. And that's it. Like, where do you go from there? It's okay. Yeah, yeah yep. exactly. But if you're like, Hey, what book did you read? Or what did you do at recess? Or, you know, a little bit more specific, um, you get a better quality conversation. I completely agree with you. And this is, is kind of funny that, uh, it actually came up in my nine to five, um, which is more like seven to four, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> my, my nine to five, um, where it's like the, basically without getting into too much detail, um, you've got lower tier subordinates that are stuck having to figure out a problem that is negotiated only between, um, their managers and somebody way off in a foreign land, um, called Tennessee, who we know mm-hmm. as corporate. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And my my whole point and the way of approaching this was, look, um, ask, ask questions. Um, ask, ask a question in the simplest form uh, that will actually get the engagement and the answer that you need. You know what I mean? Like your, your question, how is your day? Okay, well, that's way it's it's too simple and it's too broad and and you know an answer to how is your day it was okay that is an answer to your question you know formulate your question in a way that it cannot be answered with you know without um some form of specificity that you're looking for or that it can't be answered without them asking a question you know if you say hey kind of like you said hey what did you have for lunch today and they go oh well what do you mean by that like that's kind of a bad question but you, you get where I'm going with this yeah. is it, it, yeah. it either needs to spark more questions or it needs to be specific enough to get an actual answer. And one of the biggest compliments that I've ever gotten and that I get is that I ask good questions. Um, mm-hmm. 
that's like one of the that's one of the biggest compliments that I get is that when somebody says, "Hey, man, you ask really good questions." And one of the uh, one of the biggest letdowns that I had recently, to where I realized that I wasn't staying true to myself, was uh, I had um, we'll say a past employer that said, "Yeah, man, you really learned a lot," and um, it, it was kind of it was kind of funny, but they they made the comment that, uh, "Yeah, when you came in, you were really." Uh, you were really gung ho and kind of questioning everything that we did. And I was really glad that you settled down and, you know, let us just kind of show you what we were trying to do. And you weren't asking as many, you know, as many questions. And that just, that mm-hmm. just completely destroyed me. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I was, was like, trying to give Look, you a compliment and number for you, it's uh yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, and what he's saying is we're, we're really glad that you stopped questioning what we know and, and, you know, stopped, you know, challenging us on the things that we do. We're glad that you just submitted and, and said, fuck it. I don't care. Cause that's what happened. As I said, I threw my hands up and I said, well, table flip, I'm done. Well, I'll just do whatever you want me to do. Um, and he was acknowledging that in a form of praise. And that's where it just, it really just, it killed me. You know what I mean? It absolutely mm-hmm. killed me. And from then on, I said, no longer will I do that. Um, now <laughs> you need to be better at asking questions and you need to actually want to hear their answer. Um, you don't ask leading questions. You ask open-ended questions, um, yep. that'll, that'll actually get you answers. So I was more in the form of what he was talking about is that I was the asshole that came in and asked a question that, you know, I knew was going to get this sort of answer and I was asking it to prove a point. That's not how you, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, but don't go the way that I went and just say, screw it. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm just going to be your stooge. I used to say that, um, it's their circus. I'm just a clown. Um, mm-hmm. and that's the wrong way to be that. that that's just yep. the wrong way to be in life in general. So. Yep, exactly. No, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, cool. I'm glad we were, I'm glad we were able to find some agreement, but yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit. I know we're, we're pushing up on an hour. Do you have a hard time stop? Nope. We're good. Okay. Well, I don't know, man. You mentioned that you were having to like shove all this stuff down into like three days and then you had some, some asshole with like no following that wanted you to get on, (laughs) get on a podcast at six o'clock. You said that. I'm, I'm I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I know. I'm just giving, I'm just giving you hell because you're sitting here talking about how busy you are and I'm like, Damn, <laughs> if only yep. he didn't have to do a podcast right now. Um, but uh, but uh, what, what I was going to say is that um, let's let's talk a little bit about your nine to five. And we, we touched on it um, about finding, you know, a, a means to an end. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to get a little bit more specific because I'm in a very what sounds like a, a similar position as to what you are to where. I work in a cubicle and I love the people I work with. They're absolutely awesome people. This is legitimately when I say it, my favorite I've been in, I'm young, but I've been in corporate level settings before been in a few of them. Um, this is my favorite job that I've ever had, but the realization just hit me like a truck that it's not what I want to do. And then I look up at the fluorescent lights and I'm like, God, I hate being under these. I hate the cube. I hate what's around me. Um, I need to get out. Um, I don't know if that's what you're feeling, but it turned my focus to other goals. And that's when I slapped a vision board up on my cube. And that's when I said, okay, Mm -hmm. I've got, I don't have kids or anything, but I've got a family, what I consider a family. I need to take care of them. I need to make sure that our quality of life stays somewhat consistent, but we're going to get out of this. Um, Come hell or high water, you know, maybe death do us part, but 
we're going to get out of this. What is your experience with that? And uh, how have you been navigating that? Yeah. So, um, you know, honestly, the, so the nine to five that I have right now is in, is tech sales. Uh, so I sell the data management system of a power sport Marine and RV dealerships, and they're pretty awesome people. Um, so it's really cool. You know, like in September I took a week off and I got back and, you know, had a crap ton of work to get to. And, um, I, I would call people up and they're like, man, you're a hard person to get a hold of. I was like, yeah, sorry. You know, I was chasing elk this last week and they, and, and most of the time they're like, Oh, that's awesome. And so yeah. they're cool people, um, that I get to work with, but you know, I, I'm not passionate about the nine to five. What the nine to five does for me is it provides money to take care of my family and it provides me freedom mm -hmm. as long as I've hit my quotas and my goals, et cetera, uh, that my boss has put out for me. It allows me to be able to go and pursue my goals. And so, um, you know, it also allows me to be able to build relationships with people, um, in a way that I'm not going to them palms up asking for money or things or whatever. Um, and I get to provide mm -hmm. more value in a different way. Uh, and so obviously eventually I want my nine to five to be non-existent and to do, um, Redbeard enterprises full time. But right now, the main goal is to, uh, to build relationships. And so again, that's why I'm doing the hunt expo. Like I'm not looking to really go and buy anything. Um, you know, I'm looking to just go meet people, talk to people, shake hands, uh, and, and just make those relationships happen. And so again, my nine to five allows me to do that because it's a sales job. And so as long as I'm hitting my quotas, my boss is happy. As long as he's not getting people calling saying that they can't get a hold of me, my boss is happy. So yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of set myself up for that to where I can do that. And eventually, you know, five years from now, three, five years from now, I, I more than likely won't be in this job. That's the plan. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at to where, again, it just kind of supplements my, uh, my true passion, which is, you know, to get out and build those relationships. So. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And kind of like you, as long as I'm it's a little bit different situation, but as long as my ass is in the seat for 40 hours and I field, mm -hmm. um, field the things that uh, come to me and I do them with uh, enthusiasm and the desire for excellence, then my boss is happy. Um, yep. And I get paid another week and I get to go and do the things that um, do the things that I like to do and grow my grow my passions that I've got outside of it. So I identify with that. Uh, talk a little bit about the, um, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 30. Has, has that always been the, and I just wanted to get a time frame. Um, so you've been in the, in the working world for a little bit now, 10 plus years. When did that realization hit? Um, was there a significant moment? Cause I remember when it hit for me, um, which it was a little bit, you know, it was, it was recent. And, uh, when did that hit and how did you make the decision to, you know, this is how you're going to live your life? Because a lot of people get dug into those careers. Um, and especially don't take this the wrong way, but with a family and at your age, they say, this is what I've got. Um, it's only, which sounds to, to people like you and I, it sounds so egregious to say, but I've only got 35 years more left, you know, 35 more mm -hmm. years left. 
Um, they may make a, a career change or two, but very rarely are they going to go from tech sales guy or project management guy to podcaster or um, bow hunter, uh, product affiliate, um, reels guy. Very rarely are people going to do that. When did that connection click for you? And when did you decide to, to jump both feet in on this? So I've been, um, I've been podcasting now for a year and a half, I think. I'm trying to think. June. Yeah. Yeah. So a year and a half. And, um, and before that, so I, I worked at Discover Financial in the Spanish department. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was a coach and, and helped out the team leads. Um, but what really hit me, because I thought I was doing pretty well, uh, they helped pay for my, my uh, degree. And uh, I, I thought it was a pretty cool job. Um, when COVID hit, like I was a big helper in getting people moved from in office to working from home, making that transition. I thought I was a pretty helpful person, uh, not looking for anything, but obviously, you know, I was thinking I was providing value. So maybe value would be provided back by, um, you know, future promotions when they opened up stuff like that. And I got to a spot where there were some spots opening up and I applied for them and they told me that they were bringing people in from other departments to run this, you know, these specific roles. And I got a little fed up because I finally said, you know what, look guys, you've, you've had me in this one particular role for almost a year now and you haven't paid me for that role. I was doing it with the idea that I would eventually get to have this role permanently, if not in even more promotion, because I've been doing this role for a year. Instead, you bring someone from an outside department to fill that role and bump me back down to subordinate. I'm not tolerating that. And they said, well, you can make a lateral move and you can go to a different department. I said, no, I told you I'm staying in the Spanish department because I love the people. I love the culture. I lived in Mexico for two years as a missionary. I'm fluent in Spanish. Absolutely love it. And I did not like the rest of the facility. I didn't like the normal call center. It was almost like Spanish department was almost its own. It was, it was a family. It was its own branch. Um, I love the people I met there. Just all welcoming, amazing people. Um, And, and the fact that they just upper management treated me that way. I said, all right. So um, long story short, I ended up, I, I didn't really have any symptoms, but, um, I tested positive for COVID and they did COVID pay. So I was like, all right, I'm taking those two weeks. And during those two weeks, I went and applied for all the jobs that I thought I wanted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and, uh, I ended up landing this job, even though I didn't have any official sales experience, I always said I'd be, I am good at selling things that I believe in. Uh, I, you know, I didn't want to be a car salesman because I didn't want to be pushy in that way. Like, I don't like people pressuring me to make them more money. Um, I want them to want me to sell things to help people because they believe in the product. Right. Yeah. So, um, anyway, long story short, my boss took a, put, took a, uh, a leap of faith on me. Basically, uh, my two weeks of COVID pay were up and, um, and I had a new job. So I just kind of, I, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend this for everyone, but I was a little bitter, uh, because the way they treated me. So I felt like they didn't deserve a two week notice and I just left. 
um, went and dropped my stuff off back at the office and, uh, started my new job that next day. And so, um, honestly sales, uh, the, what I, what I liked about it, it turns out I make a crap ton more money than I did at discover. I was at discover for, it was five years. Um, and they helped me, right. They helped, they helped me a lot with my communication. I learned, you know, the financial portion of Spanish, uh, which is a whole different, you know, if you talk finances, even in English, sometimes my wife, she's an accountant, she'll say things. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but (laughs) cool. (laughs) And so like, I was able to learn that, that language, you know, that whatever in, uh, in Spanish, I learned a lot, right. But I'd hit my ceiling. So you're saying, what was my kind of my trigger point? Um, that was it. I'd hit a ceiling that they put there and I don't like when people put limits on me. So mm-hmm. I just busted right through it and said, screw it. I'm going to go do my own thing. And that's when I went even more headstrong into this because I had more time. It's funny because I have more time and I'm making more money, uh, significantly more than what I was making at discover. And like I said, I've got more time. And so for me, it shifted from being concerned about how can I do more overtime? How can I make more money to now I have more free time. And so my mind shift has, it's shifted to what can I do with my time? Mm -hmm. And with that time, I've been able to rapidly grow over the last year, um, Redbeard Outdoors podcast, the Redbeard's Fit crew that I've got on Facebook, uh, I've helped with first form outdoors expansion. Um, like Andy says, this is not an ad, but <laughs> <laughs> this is not an I mean, ad. This is just the best a, it's drink not ever. An ad. It's just amazing. It's the best. What does he call it? The best damn energy drink in the whole world or something like that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, orange sunrise, not an ad, but it's the best one. Um, That's funny. but like helping, helping, you know, first form outdoors, becoming best friends with Jake Arvold, uh, you know, now to the point where we we've traveled quite a few States together. Um, and, and still being able to work my nine to five remotely if I need to, but again, building that confidence with my boss that even in that first year, there were multiple months where I was top rep and to the point where he's like, well, you know, as long as your, your side thing isn't a distraction from, from work, go do what you need to do. Yeah. Uh, so, so that, that's kind of, I've put myself in those positions. Now I can't say that it was all me. Like there were certain doors that were opened up for me. Uh, but I, I saw them and I went through them. And so it's just slowly kind of snowballing into bigger and bigger and bigger opportunities to where now, um, you know, I'm, I'm super humbled to, to be partnered with Cryptech and, uh, and the companies that they're partnered up with. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple of other things that, I don't know when this podcast is going to get released, but I might have or might have not uh, announced some things. So go check that out on Instagram. But my big thing with the uh, the partnerships is being able to give back to my audience that has helped me grow. So like yeah. I'm coming up on 200 episodes and I have too many companies that want to give like for the giveaways to where I can't just do one. Like I'm literally going to be spacing it out like one to two a week for the next five weeks. That's awesome. Because I'm able to, and and I love the fact that they're willing to give, but that's kind of my main goal is I want to work with good companies that I've chosen that, that isn't for a paycheck, but because I believe in their gear, I can partner up with them 
And then my main thing is when I have those discussions with them, I'm like, I want to be able to do giveaways. How many will you allow me to do? Because I want to give yeah. back to the people that have helped me grow. And that's mm -hmm. the audience. That's, that's all these people. So, you know, like right now I just announced today, a Quattro Archery Stabilizer giveaway that I'll be that's putting cool. out the details here starting on Monday. I just kind of, uh, released a little reel on that today. And I, I just want to be able to give people again, the quality things that I actually use that I believe in and be able to give it to people that maybe either don't have the time to build those relationships with the companies or two don't have the necessarily the funds available to be able to buy this nicer gear um, that I mm -hmm. have the privilege of working with these companies. So I w again, I want to be able to give back. That's a big thing for me is to be able to provide that. Yeah, that's super important, man. And it's, it's really cool to, uh, to hear you say that, that quest of giving back uh, to your listener. That's kind of what, uh, that's it's a little bit akin to Andy's mission. Um, I, I I like that. Um, I was gonna say that uh, back on the topic of of when you kind of made this realization of what that past company did to you. Um, I had one of my just epiphany moments, I guess, when I finally realized it was I did a job interview. Um, I did a job interview where I've had part of it was that I was in college through a lot of I, I started doing engineering stuff. Um, little known fact that if you're in the ag industry, credentials aren't really required. So, um, at like 18, um, I was able to actually run a mouse. Uh, and another little known fact is that if you can run a mouse and a keyboard, you can make, uh, you can go get a decent job in agriculture because not many people have the desire to do it. Uh, not that they're dumb, <laughs> but they just don't right, want they to. Right. They just don't want to do it. Uh, yeah. And so I, I got a job doing, uh, engineering and design for feedlots. Um, but I ended up having to bounce around because of class schedules and I was super interested in other things. So I went and worked on, uh, have you heard of bell helicopters? Um, the Ospreys, I think so. um, oh, went yeah, and yeah. worked on, yep. went and worked on the Ospreys for an internship. Um, went and did some more feedlot stuff, went into the mining industry, um, ended up nuclear weapons and now I'm here. And so like, it's been crazy, but, um, I had somebody at a job interview say, what, uh, what, like, why would we trust you? Um, they, they said, you seem to be going up the ladder. Um, what assurances can you give us uh, to not be another rung in the ladder? And my reply was, give me the ladder. Um, and then I thought that was a good reply. I was like, man, that's stellar. Like, give me the ladder and you won't be another rung. And then when I immediately left and I said, no, why don't you fucking make the ladder? Um, stop asking somebody to give you the ladder. Um, nobody's going to give you the ladder. Um, you know, you have to, number one, at your age, um, very few people are going to look at you at your age and say, here, let's give this guy a ladder. Stop mm -hmm. expecting somebody to hand you the ladder and go make your own fucking ladder. And that's where, um, that was my kind of kickoff moment is why would I go into work expecting them to have a ladder made for me? Um, because again, I'm young. And they're not, some people will, and my bosses are really good about letting me grow and letting me learn things, but they can't just give me the ladder that I want. So I have to make it. Um, and that kind of sounds like the same, same position that you were in is that you were like me trusting that if I do good and if I polish this rung, if I just polish the shit out of this one rung and make it look excellent, then they're going to put another rung on top of it. And, mm -hmm. uh, I got my heart broken multiple times. 
Um, and I said, you know what, screw y'all. I'm going to go make my own ladder. And so that's kind of cool that we had similar experiences in that. Oh yeah. No, for sure. Awesome, man. Well, we've gone an hour and 15 minutes and, uh, you are a super busy dude as am I. Um, I didn't get in bed until like 11 last night and four 30 comes really early in the morning. So, um, I'm trying to get into bed. Um, trying to get into bed earlier and that that is so hard i don't know if you have any troubles with that but i wake up early and trying to get into bed at any sort of decent time when you've got the side hustle is just awful um i don't know if you've had any struggles with that but especially with the 75 hard stuff it is just terrible Mm -hmm. um i skipped my cold shower this morning and so i've got to go take a cold shower and then try to hop in bed so that's going to be that's going to be awesome so, but, uh, yeah, damn it. I forgot to do that. I meant to do that before the podcast and I forgot. Um, but anyway, man, I, I super appreciate, uh, you, um, giving me the, uh, giving me the opportunity to give you an interview. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm new starting out and, uh, it, it's super awesome to get somebody like you on. I really appreciate what you had to say. I think all the topics, um, especially your purpose of getting somebody outside, which I believe is, is the most important and, and helping people live better lives through that. I think that you do that really, really well. Um, you helped me and especially through the first form outdoors. I'm so excited to see that. And that's kind of what brought us together. So couldn't be more happy for you in, in fulfilling that purpose. But all the other things that we've talked about that have to do with that purpose have been just wonderful. And, and it's going to be really beneficial for our listeners. So thank you for, for coming on and giving me your time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And if uh, anyone out there listening wants to, I'd love to have you over at First Form Outdoors Facebook group. Uh, let them know Redbeard sent you. And, uh, it's a great community of individuals. Again, it's not, that's the other thing about first form that I really love. It's not, it never pushes sales. Um, there's Mm -hmm. nothing salesy about it. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's just conversations with people, uh, building a great community. Um, so first form outdoors, Facebook group, if you have Facebook, um, also Redbeard's fit crew on Facebook, those two groups are really the only reason why I still have a Facebook. Uh, cause otherwise I don't, I don't go on Facebook. I literally, I go on Facebook, click my group, click first form outdoors group, and then get off like that. That's all I do on there. Um, and then of course my, my Instagram. And then, uh, you know, if you guys don't have Facebook, but you want to get in on the weekly calls, you're also more than welcome to send me an email. Uh, my emails on my, my Instagram. Uh, but it's just, it's redbeard outdoors one, the number one at gmail.com. So uh, anyone that doesn't have Facebook, I 100% understand that and support that. But if you want to get on our weekly calls on either the First Form Outdoors group or mine, uh, we've got Zoom links that we can send you. We want you over there as well. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. And I'll actually, I I always forget to put uh, ads in the description. And this will be the first episode that I actually remember to put all of that information in the description. So if you want to go back and look and find all of his information in the description, I will actually tonight, um, go and join those Facebook groups because, um, I do have a Facebook and the only purpose it serves for me is to enable my crippling addiction with pocket knives. And so, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, it'll, My my two EDCs right here. So the bug is that a out. bailout? It's the bug out. Oh, cool. So that one's cool. been my go-to for probably the last two years. And then I've got this is the the G10 version instead of the aluminum of the Osborne reverse Tonto. Awesome. It's got the green spacers. 
I've got a bailout. Awesome. Actually, I finally pulled the trigger on a bailout because that's been one that I've had my eye on for the last two years because I love the bug out, but I like the idea of those aluminum scales and yeah. that OD green and black two-tone. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, I, I hear you, man. It's I've got ammo cases full of knives that I need to go back through and sell because I went from quantity now to quality. Yeah. <laughs> Realizing I don't have enough pockets to carry all of these. So <laughs> that's funny. I'll keep, well, uh, I'll keep one or two for my kids and then the rest I need to get rid of. I need to sell them. That's awesome. Well, number one, hit me up first and enable my addiction, please. Um, <laughs> number two, you showed off yours. So I got to show off mine. I've got a, uh, a Deca in my pocket right Ooh. now. All right. Um, I, I carry a lot of knives because they're like my children. So I'm that, mm. I'm that asshole that has like four knives everywhere he goes. Um, but I've got a freak. I just got this the other day. Oh, that's um, cool. Dude, the super freak is awesome. I debated, um, I've always wanted a bailout, but, uh, mm. and I'm not trying to like argue with you or shit on your, on your purchase, oh, no. but with the, the Tonto and how, how hard M4 is to sharpen on top of it being a Tonto, I decided to go with the freak to test out M4 and mm. I love this thing. Um, super yeah. awesome. And then uh, I got a ProTec, uh, the TR3, the operator. Oh, there you go. Um, nice. Dude, this one is, it's probably my best looking knife. I don't carry it all the time just because I like mm -hmm. my, my Benchmades and my Spydercos a little bit too much. But um, yeah, we I nerd out on that stuff. Knives. So yeah, I, I went from the Kershaws and Gerbers up to Spyderco and then um, to Benchmade. So uh, yeah, now I think I've got one. There's one knife that I'll never, I keep it in like a fancy little, uh, container, but it's, um, starts with a Z. Um, ZT that, is the only one that's coming to mind. ZT. Yes. It's a ZT. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's the carbon fiber all black with the green spacers. Um, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember the name, yeah, of yeah. It, but, but yeah, so that, that's probably one of the ones I'll never carry, but yeah, these, uh, these other ones are, are nice. So yeah. Anyway, I will, I will enable your addiction and, and let you know, Cause I need to get yeah. rid of some because uh, yeah. now I'm definitely not carrying as many knives as I used to. So, yeah, no, that's cool. Let me know if you've got any, uh, USA made Kershaw's. I, I really want to get into a, a USA made Kershaw cause that ZT is actually the premium line of Kershaw. Mm. Um, mm. but, uh, dude, you should check out these, uh, these hogs. So, um, I like bug outs and, uh, bug outs are really cool. They were the OG for the long time, uh, for mm -hmm. a long time and they still are really awesome. But this Hogue is a, is a bug out on steroids. Um, it, it is it is really really cool, and especially with the price. Um, I think the main difference is just that you get G10 scales on on the Hogue. Or I don't know if this is G10 scales. It may still be. I think this is G10. It looks like G10. Um, but anyway, it's more rigid than the FRN that the bug out has. Yeah, um, the, yeah, but it's super lightweight. I don't do a lot of durability stuff with the the bug out. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah. I love it. No, dude. Anyway, we could we could go on this. All, and you're oh, getting yeah, a bailout anyway. So, yeah, it is a whole nother podcast. But you're getting a bailout <laughs> anyway. So there's not much point in a hoke. But yeah. But uh, or the mini freak. One that you might be interested in is they actually just released a mini one of these. Um, They're too small for me. The mini knives are too. I don't like them. Too so small. it's it's actually it's bug out size. It's not like a mini Osborne or a mini bug out. Um, I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure that the mini freak is like because this is a big knife. I'm pretty sure that the mini freak is going to be like normal size. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, I think I, the bailout was one of my last is 
like three last of three uh folders last that of I'm three purchase oh okay. yeah last of three folders that i'm going to purchase before because uh once montana knife company comes out with their folder i keep bugging josh about that i'm like dude when are you making a folder because when they make yeah. a folder it's going to be badass and that's that's what i that's what i want but um for I'm now so i've got i think like the spider co pm2 uh is one of the the other ones and um that's a classic and then I love uh, that one there's one other one that I can't remember. I've got them written down so I don't have to think about them too much. Cause otherwise I'll obsess with them. But yeah, I had like three left and the bailout, I was just like, I I'm just going to pull the trigger on it. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're fun. Anyway. Knives are fun. But, <laughs> yeah. So cool. I'm glad we were able to, to, to find that addiction. And yeah, if Montana, I hope that I have enough cash to get on that drop. If they have a folder. Um, I mean, I'll probably, I'll probably put it on it. That'll be the one thing I put on a fucking credit card uh, to get a Montana knife <laughs> um, folder. I, I really, really want, um, I really want one of their fixed blades. Um, but my buddy bought me one of the Benchmade meat crafters and mm. that does everything I, I really need. Yep. And so until I get into more of the Western game hunting stuff um, where I need like one fixed blade to be able to skin, um, mm-hmm. I probably won't end up with a, with a Montana fixed blade, but I really want it. And I think they're using Magna cut is what I, somebody had said um which is really interesting they have, they have magna cut um releases but they also have uh the two that i have is the blackfoot and the speed goat and they have that um blackened coating on them and they're ball bearing yeah. steel uh so super hard steel um i didn't take care of them too well so i'm sending them back to get cleaned up and and uh, I, I, I did it on purpose cause I, I did my durability test for anyone that wants to go check that one out on, on YouTube. But, um, yeah, I really want to get into their, those are the stoned wall, the stone wall. And then there's mm-hmm. the stoned goat, I think is what it's called. And that the stoned goat is like the stone wall, but the lightweight version of it. So yeah. anyway, anyway, man, yeah, forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to schedule another pod. I really do. Um, let me know. Um, I'm kind of free on schedule. You're super, super busy. So let me know. I really would like to get another podcast in with you because I think there was so much more that we could have talked, you know, mm-hmm. talked about. Um, and I'd like to develop a a reasonably um, periodic relationship with you to get you on because you've got so much wealth um, of knowledge for for uh my listeners and this was super awesome man last last thing i promise we'll we'll end after this we're down we're at an hour and 30 um do you have any questions for me anything that you want to hear from me on or um anything that you'd like anything at all to mention no no i I think i've i've mentioned it and then just the groups and i want to see everyone over at the group and uh first form outdoors group we're definitely growing that and redbeard's fit crew so actually i've got the call here in 15 minutes. So awesome, brother. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate it. I'm going to go like and follow those. Uh, it was awesome to have you on Jonathan, everybody. Thank you for listening to the episode. Go follow Jonathan. Um, I say this for almost every guest, but, um, if, when I ask you, if you've listened to the purpose podcast lately and you'd be like, no, man, I've been listening to Redbeard outdoors. I'm going to be okay with that. Um, go, <laughs> go get on his stuff. Go pay attention to what he's doing. Uh, join that first form outdoors. I promise that you'll get value out of it. Jonathan, once again, big, thank you for coming on. Let's do it again. And, uh, hope you have a good evening, man. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Yes, sir.